1: It takes years to build a business that sustains a family and is worth passing on. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work closely with clients to provide the financing, cash management, and deposit products necessary to grow a business. So your life's work will continue to prosper once it's in someone else's hands. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your business. Visit sandyspringbank.com business. Credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. Gifting is hard. This isn't news, but what might be news is that you can now send beer, wine, and spirits right to your friends and family with Drizzly, the go-to app for alcohol delivery. Which is good news, because adult beverages are the only gift that no one ever returns. And Drizzly's tailored experience lets you find the perfect drink for the occasion, no matter what it is. You'll save time by shopping a huge selection of drinks from wherever you are. You'll save money by comparing prices on said drinks across stores. And you'll get to spend more time sipping with your gifties. You know, if they're the sharing type. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Ding dong, it's Drizzly. Must be 21 Plus, not available in all locations.
0: Right, hello, good evening, good morning world, uh, wherever you are, welcome to the latest sparkling episode of the Wolves Fancast. Um, in a change to the schedule programming, we're going to be discussing the Mass Singer tonight and discussing the Blob and the Viking arc. it's going to be a lot more fun discussing that than it is <laughs> discussing the Wolves at the moment. Um, we are, of course, recording this a few hours after what was uh, the 70th meeting of Wolves and Crystal Palace, and I'll, I will wait to be corrected on that probably. Um, so we've had a little bit of time to collect our thoughts on the game and walls in general. Uh, tonight I've got Rich, Luke and Stu with me who are all ready to unleash hell on my command. Um, but first, before we jump into the game itself, I do want to start off on a bit of a positive note by mentioning the news that come out in the week about the Walls, walls Foundation's Feed the Pack initiative which was launched to help reduce the effects of food poverty and support the residents of Wolverhampton. So the big eye-catching thing about this was that there was an initial three-year project that had a £250,000 grant from the Premier League, but also in an amazing show of generosity, a personal donation of £250,000 from Mayor Nuno. Now to me that's that was an amazing gesture and a show of connection, not just to the city, but also to the people within the city. So Uh, Just want to get your guys quick reactions to that when you saw that news come out.
2: I think for me, um, I I sort of was speaking to someone uh, yesterday about it. Um, Actually, I can tell you who it was. It was Christian Thomas, the uh, former Olympic uh, gymnast for a bit of a name drop for, I guess, a little teaser for stories from the pack. It'll be out next week. And we were chatting about it. And I said, for me, Nuno will go down in Wolves history anyway because of, that the success he has had with the club, regardless, and we will come on to it, what could potentially happen, let's be honest, between now and even the end of the season. He will always be fondly remembered and dearly loved by Wolves fans. But I think this this act, for me, cements him as almost a man of Wolverhampton, rather than just a man of Wolves and, and his sort of stature within the local community. And, you know, I think that's, that's massive... Um, for someone who's kind of grown up in Wolverhampton that, you know, he's not, he's not from round here, but for him to do that, that really sort of signifies sort of his bond with the, with the town and the, and the, you know, in the region itself for me. And I think that, you know, I think that's genuinely quite powerful really.
3: Yeah. It's unbelievable in a way, just because you like, you said, I mean, it's one thing for him to not be from the town or from, even in the Midlands, but for, to be from a completely different country and come here and have that affection for the place in the space of three, four years, that's even that is amazing in itself. But to put that amount of money, yeah, it doesn't matter how much he's got, and relatively speaking, it's still a shitload of money that he's just yeah. given away for free for the people of Wolverhampton. And like you said, I mean, we are, he's more than likely going to get a rinsing later, but you have to separate the man from. The manager, mm-hmm. because as a, as a man, he's one of the best people probably since Graham Taylor so to, to represent Wolves. I, mean,
0: yeah, I, did, need... of, I was going to say, one of the things he did mention was that in, his, in the interview, he says that he feels that he's at home now. So what did you reckon to that, Luke? Anything to read into that, or just in general?
1: Um, I, I mean, the, the gesture and, and the acts of, of donating that money to, to such a good cause is absolutely fantastic. Um, Wolverhampton is crying out for funding and donations like that on on various projects. So to have somebody uh, generous enough to do so, it, it's just fantastic for the city. Um, and it speaks what a man, what a bloke, you know. Um, like they mentioned, separate the man from the manager. What a man to to do that. So you got to take your hat off to him, and and it just shows how big his heart is. Absolutely, absolutely. Now I think we can all um, agree and we're fully on
0: board with that. So uh, fair play to Nuno, indeed. So uh, right then, let's um, unleash hell. As it were, let's uh, let's go into the game itself today. So a bit of a rarity. We had the Saturday 3pm kickoff for this one, uh, probably for the first time in the the year for us. Um, so Wolves were looking to complete a hat-trick of wins over Palace this season. Um only goal de- different separators before kickoff today. Um, so as ever, we'll start with the lineups. So, uh, we knew already that Aitnori Nori was going to be out. Um, eight Nori, otherwise christened as Vinad Grey with a shit haircut. Was that you, Luke, who christened him that? Uh,
1: Vinagre with an afro.
0: That's the one. <laughs> um, but when the team news out, um, what did we think? So, we had um. Semedo at left wing back. We had Matinho coming for Neves. Uh, William Jose got his first start, and Hoover was getting the start as well. So, who wants to take us up on their initial thoughts when they saw the lineups were announced?
1: I, I thought, I thought it was a good thing. I've, you know, I, I didn't have too many arguments with it. The only argument as far as we've got at the minute is: do we go back to do we use a back four or do we use a back five? Um. But if Nuno wants to go for about five, okay, that's what we go with. And I think from what he's got available to pick from in defence, that's probably the the best defence he had to, to pick from. Um, I would like to know what injury Saïs has got um, <laughs> <laughs> um, for him to not even make the make the squad today. Um, so I thought Tomado finished the game well at Chelsea at left wing back. Herva, when he's played, he's, he's looked tidy, you know, not an issue with him playing at right wing back. And um, the three sort of in the middle was was the best we had to choose from. Um, I think I would have liked to have stuck with Neves and Dendonka today. Wasn't overly happy with Martinho coming in. And I, 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 I thought the... Um, J- Jose should have started. I don't understand why he started. I mean, no, Jose did start today. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, it's, it's been a long afternoon. Um, me personally, I don't know many would disagree, but I would have preferred O'Reilly over Poudreau on, on the right. Um, so, so, not too many complaints. And I was really, really positive going into the game today
0: guys Rich. I mean um, when you saw the team it, I guess one of the main sticking points was around the, the Matinho and Neves switch because I think we've had similar comments around Matinho in the last few weeks but did you feel as though Neves should have got to start?
2: Yeah I mean chiefly by the fact he's been consistently our best midfielder this season and look if it's about game management and sort of just making sure there's a bit of squad rotation, I can sort of get it. But then it screams a much bigger issue that we have in this team at the moment. That, uh, look, we all love and adore Matino, but I can't remember the last time I saw him put in a good 70 minutes in the game, or even, you know, let alone 90. Uh, you know, you get a flutter here and there, but he is not delivering for us at the moment. And whether it's system-based, whether it's due with the player whatever it's just not happening for him and that that was frustrating for, for me um not not to see never start chiefly after how well he played against Chelsea I thought admittedly it was more of a defensive performance and it required him to I know play in a different way than he might have had to have done today but you know uh, same as Luke I was happy with the lineup um by and large no issues with the back line judging by who was available again, same with winbacks Look, if it was a different result, then maybe I'd have been more happy with Martino and Dendonka. The fact they were both passengers for a game weren't great. And, you know, similar with Traore, it's, I can see why he played Podence because of what he's done so far this season. But I, I, I sort of feel with that formation against Palace as well, Traore is our best right winger. I think Neto is a better left winger, better on the left than he is on the right. So you know why not play people just that extra bit of positioning if you're having squad rotation. potence has been out for a month, so why wouldn't you keep him on the bench and start Traore, who is finding his not I wouldn't say form, but he seems to need a run of games to get himself going and. And I, I would have just stuck with Troy on that right hand side, or when he actually came on, you're playing right wing because that's the only position he can really play.
0: Yeah, and Stu, I mean, I come to you with a slightly wider question as well. Not, I'm interested in your thoughts on the lineup, but also with some of our injured players slowly retur- returning. Do you think that Nuno knows his strongest team yet?
3: <laughs> I don't think he knows many things at the minute, but. <laughs> Um, I think it's just a, it's just a mess. It's just a mess, all out. And but then for me, I think like Luke touched on. I wouldn't have had him in the starting lineup. I'd have tried out right there because he just doesn't look right yet, and he's been out injured. So you can't really expect that, especially with COVID protocols and everything like that. Training ground and you ain't getting reserve games. So if that's the case with him. Then it's going to be the case with others as well. And like when Johnny does come back in a few weeks' time, is that going to be the same for him as well? Is he going to need to be eased in? It's it's just a bit of a mess, and I, I don't think he knows what to do. I mean, it's just a, a bit confusing all round.
0: Yeah, I think. I mean, for, for me, I mean, I was I was quite happy with the team, but um, I know there's some debate. About, well, there's some debate around the likes of, of Kilman and Pedence and Matinho and Neves. They seem to be the main. Um, positions are essentially up for grabs at the moment, along with with the formation as a whole, isn't it? I mean, do we stick with the back five or do we return to a four again and try and be more attacking, knowing full well that we're going to leave the back door open probably nine times out of ten?
2: Problem is, we're not good enough going forward at the moment when we play a back three slash back five to create enough chances to score and we're still susceptible to concede a goal like we were today. When we play a back four, we are very susceptible to concede a goal, but we've got more chance of scoring. So it's almost like there's a good chance we could lose, you know. If we play a back three, like we did today, we lose 1-0. If we'd have played a back four, there's a good chance we'd have lost 3-2. And that's, that's sort of how it feels to me at the moment, that we are a... You know, we've got quite a lot of, and quite rightly so, if you think about it, we've played with back three for three seasons. those And a lot of those players haven't changed. So we have very systematic players in that team. Now we've gone to a back four, it's requiring them to change and adapt. But they might not actually be suited to that formation, 100%, or they're not used to it. So for me, you know, we'll talk about transfer in a bit, but we're missing a quality centre half who can play in a back four. If we're playing a back three, we're missing a quality dynamic midfielder who can run parallel with Neves to really open up and stretch, stretch the game going forward as opposed to sort of Neves doing the other side of things. So it's almost like it, it's a double edged, you know, it's between a rock and a hard place for me at the moment. It's really frustrating.
3: I mean, we, we said, we've we said, we talked about this before and I think Kim said the same thing that, We're so bad when we have a play with a back four defensively that we don't really create enough chances anyway, even with the extra money midfield. So it is a case of do we just get smashed every week and hope we can score or keep it tight and we might get a draw and and snatch something on the break? Because the way we are at the minute, I don't ever want to see a back four again this season because... I don't see the point. It's because we're not good enough defensively and we don't do anything differently going forward anyway.
1: Could could you not argue that our best performances have come with a back four this season?
3: Against who, though?
1: Arsenal? Uh, Arsenal, Southampton. Was Newcastle not a back four? Tottenham. Um, But what I was going to say, it it just made me chuckle um, what Richard touched on. We're we're now arguing: do we lose one 0 or do we lose three <laughs> I mean, two? That's that's where we're at at the minute. It's like, how I, shall we lose in this a way we lose? I was going to say. I said,
2: it sounds even more negative when you say it back. But I don't think I'm, I'm not horribly wrong, am I? No, no we're no, we no, You know, we're not even talking about the positives of a formation change, are we? We're talking about the drawbacks of the one we've almost played at the moment yeah. and i bet when it, you know we're all happy with the lineup but you know part of you goes when we saw martino and den a minute which is why we touched on go are we going to pass that ball in the midfield I just, it's right. pretty it's pretty fundamental to sort of win football games
1: <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, it's such a difficult debate to have because i think there's valid points from both sides i think if you argue the back five You've got the argument of um, we do look tighter. We we give up less chances, but with a back four, we do create a hell of a lot more. And it's a it's a bit easier on the eye, and it's a bit nicer to watch if we're being honest from a football point of view because there's chances at either end. I know some people are like to watch football from like it's a game of chess, and from a defensive point of view. But me personally. The more it's like a basketball game, the better. I'm just let's just please. You're um, saying you're not a purist? No, no, not at all, not at all. I, I it's a 2020 man, little... not a
0: Test match fan. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> very, very good point. That's a very good way of looking at it. Um, but it, it's, uh, I just don't know what. Like I touched on earlier, I don't, I don't think. Either one's right or either one's completely wrong, because we're just that bad at the moment. We could play a back. We could say let's play a back six, and we'd still lose. Let's play a back two, and we'd still lose. I don't think it matters at the minute. And as well, if we're being honest, um, today and West Brom at home, I'll touch on the last twenty minutes. I don't know what formation we play. I don't think the players on the pitch know what formation we play. Oh, it all goes yeah. out of
0: the window anyway. Well, let's, um, let's get on to the game itself. We could talk about what we did or didn't create. And, well, let's face it, in the first half, we didn't create <laughs> anything really. Oh. Let, let, let's be honest. So, I mean, it was a pretty stop-start first half. But frankly, it was a dull first half, made all the more dull by Koku, I think, on Sky Sports Co. <laughs> so I think if the game wasn't bad enough, he was putting me to sleep. Well, we had uh, zero shots on target for the first half. I know Palace had a couple of chances, but especially that Bacuayi one, which you put over the bar from, what, four or five yards, maybe, but even less than that. But I think a common thing for me throughout that that first half and possibly for the whole game, for us, was just basic errors. And I think if you guys agree, we're just making basic errors. And it just seems at the moment that we are we're just completely bereft of, of, of confidence at, at the moment. I mean, the Moutinho's, this world and and what have you, they're just putting simple passes out of play or just simple passes going into opposition. I, I, did you see that when you watched the game? Did you, did you just, did you, do, you, do you guys see a team that just, frankly, doesn't know what they're doing right now?
2: Yeah, I think um, for me, you look back at this Wolves team, pretty much the first two seasons at least under Nuno and even into last season as well there always seemed to be a plan when we had the ball when you know how, how are we going to get this ball into the back of the net of the other end and it was all measured it you know in the championship it was obviously a lot quicker paced and expansive and it had to sort of change and uh, adapt to playing better caliber opposition but it almost feels like they don't quite know what they need to be doing to to progress and I think even Nuno said after the game that we lack creativity we're not passing the ball into you know different phases of the pitch and you know I I was frustrated by those remarks not gonna lie because like well what are you doing about it because you know it for me it's a you know every, is,
0: time, is, every time we heard it we lack
2: yeah, creativity. you know we 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 you know we, we come on here every week and i can't remember the last time we didn't you know we're like, we've created really good chances here we you know we deserve to win a game 2-0 or whatever but um you know it's a question of what are we going to do about it is it and i can't almost quite decide whether it's a player issue because you know it doesn't matter like jean martinos an experienced player he shouldn't be misplacing a 10 yard pass that is his bread and butter Mm. no formation change is going to impact that for, for me so that that, that isn't not Nuno's kind of fault for me but there's obvious things that I don't think Nuno's doing right in terms of the, the changing of the setup at different points and him not you know it's his job to then you know instruct the players on what to do but if the players aren't doing it then it, it is on them in a way and then you've got the underlying you know probably the overarching issue of the board um, and in the, the investment of the squad, but yeah, they, going looping back for it's a, it's for confidence, it's a self belief more more than confidence for me, and just like knowing actually if you pass the ball to your man that they're going to be able to receive it and they're going to do something with it and get that ball in the right position. And you know, I, I think losing Johnny over even Jimenez was a real catalyst for this um, because he was the one who was so good at. Linking up the play and being able to do a simple pass and move and exploit that extra bit of space going forwards, and we've never really replaced that. And you could argue Doherty did the same in his own way. And I, I you know, that's not to discredit people like Samedo because I'm a big fan of his and he does it in a slightly different way. But him doing it a different way is fine. But everyone else on his team need to do it, you know, need to follow suit in a way and be on the same wavelength. And none of them seem to be on the same same wavelength.
3: That second, I would, I, think, I presume we're just going straight into the second half because nothing happened in the first half, did it? <laughs> well, from... yeah,
0: yeah. We'll we'll just talk, we'll talk about the game as a whole. Let's just go straight into where we think it's gone wrong or where where it just didn't work, and didn't happen for us.
3: Yeah, because that. Felt, I mean, I no, it was mixed reactions because I said Mancini was better than he had been for a while. He actually passed forward, which was nice to see <laughs> compared to his usual pass backwards, then run forwards a little bit and then don't come back to him, so it's a waste of time anyway. But like you said, Rich, there is no... You can't now say to someone... If you just said to someone, how do Wolves play? And apart from saying, shit, they haven't got an answer for you. Whereas you go back 18 months, two years ago, they say, well, play with wing backs, strong at the back, move through the gears and stuff like that and exploit the space. We We were never really a pass and move kind of side other than the odds here and there. I mean there was there was one today where there's like four four passes and then it all went wrong in, in the first half and that was as good as it got. But if you take the emotion out of everything, that team today and the team for the last month and probably six, seven weeks if we're being honest, looks like a team that wants the manager sacked. And that's if you that's what it looks like. And if if you blame the players, if you blame the the manager or the coach Whichever, whichever way you want to jump on, but to me that looks like a team who don't want to play for a manager anymore. Be that as it is, that's what I'm seeing at the minute. And th- there's only one way to come back from that, and it's never the manager staying, is it?
1: I think um, Stu, spot on. We, we're not. We, you can't say we're a team. Um, we don't play like a team. That it's thought like the players aren't playing for each other. There's there's no there's no connection, there's no chemistry, it's disjointed. I mean, the loose, sloppy passes, uh, that's inexcusable. And it's happening all too often there. I thought Chorley was a bit of a one-off, because that was probably the worst I've seen in terms of loose, sloppy passing. But today, today was equally, equally as bad. And I think Stu's right. They're not playing for him anymore. And... I don't think you can put all the blame on Nuno in regards to the mess that we're in. I don't think you can put all the blame on on the players. I think it's it's a mixture of everything at the moment, which is even more concerning. Even at boardroom level, like I, I look at some of the players that have that have come in. Who's who's handling transfers now? Is it is it Mendes? Is it Jeff? Is it Nuno? Who knows? Nobody knows, and 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 that's a concern. Like it seems like there's a deep-rooted issue and that's why we're struggling like we are. And we've seen it time and time again at clubs up and down the country when when players don't want to play for the manager. And then the second the manager's sacked, bang, they go on a run. And yes. everyone calls it the manager bounce. It's not, it's because the players can be arsed again. I think the best case that I can refer to was when Leicester wanted Ranieri sacked. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Stu's got a better footballing memory than myself. Um but I'm sure Leicester was playing horrendously. Um, Ranieri went, and literally, as if by magic, (laughs) they were playing absolutely fantastic again and started winning. And I I think we're we're in the same position.
2: Yeah, I think that there is a degree that Nuno has had this core group of players for, you know, three and a half years now. And you compare it to, you know, it's a really simple one, but Sir Alex Ferguson's teams, um, where, you know, he would, rotate and, you know, strip that team and then build it back up. And, you know, obviously he had that nucleus of players, but he would always look to improve and adapt it. And it, I guess it's even similar to when we had McCarthy in that third year of the Premier League. And it, it, it feels almost like history repeating itself in some ways that, you know, it's ifs and buts. But, you know, that there was almost a point at the end of this year, it was like, well, hang on, what do we need to do? same as it was with McCarthy when we stayed up on the last day. It's like a decision needed to be made then. And in hindsight, everyone could see that, you know, we needed to, you know, probably get rid of McCarthy and move on. And I'm not, and it'll be interesting, you know, a year's time, let's say, or two years time or five years time, whether we will look back on whether changing Nuno at that point would have been the right thing to do. I'm not saying we should have, but I know that there's interesting parallels to that to me. And, you know, what, it almost feels like the the motivation, the the you know, probably all the little things that he's done to get that extra ten percent out of the players, because wolves for a long time have been better than some the of their parts. I think we can all agree that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it go especially like last season and the year before as well, that you know, we we've we have some really good players, but we had we have some average ones as well. And the fact, you know, I, I'm digging them out for no real reason, but the fact that Max Kilman's, you know. A Premier League centre back is testament to how we set up and what that manager's doing coaching him. You he's know, all right. he's, he's okay. Yeah, no, he, he's yeah,
3: he's all he was right. He's probably man in
1: the match today. I, <laughs> I, I like him but,
2: anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I've got nothing against him, but
1: is it good enough to be starting as much yeah. as he's starting? And, he's, uh, he's Max Hillman is the sort of, sorry, Richard. Um, no, go for it. Max Hillman is the sort of player who should be on the bench. He's a yeah, squad player. yeah, He's that, a squad
2: that's filler. what I'm getting at. And you know, I could I could have argued at the start of this season that you should be saying the same about Sace in the position that we want to go into. I know the um, the guys covered it in the, in the show last week um, about actually we need to make those steps up, and we haven't done it. And and that's what's telling for me. And it'll, it'll I don't know, but here's my I guess sort of hot take that the players know that team hasn't had the level of investments it's needed. And that's why they've had the dip rather than almost the other way round. They've had a dip and, you know, I don't know. It's clear that there needs to be a greater input in this team. And I don't quite see it. The solutions coming from within anymore. So one thing
0: that, well, I just just wanted to move on to talk about the specific flash points in the game. So obviously their goal was the first biggest flash point. Um, I think it comes from the other basic error. Um, I want to get your guys' thoughts on two players' involvements in the goal from our point of view, Dendonka's involvement in the goal, and then also uh, Rui, if he could have potentially done more. Um, And I mention that because we've had um, a tweet in from Joe Chacks, who had said that although we are playing poor, it's Patricio at fault for the amount of goals we're conceding. He says we don't concede screamers, we concede simple goals, which are right at him most of the time, and he has zero presence in the box. <laughs> and then he goes on to add to that in the second tweet. I'm, to add to this, I'm nervous when the ball comes into the box, knowing that you won't calmly come and collect it, so God knows how the back line feels. So open question to the floor then, what 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 errors did you see in our goal in regards to Dendonka and then also for Rui?
3: Well, I'll, I'll just get the real one out of the way. So when, was, oh, was, um, thought was. <laughs> when was he I like, it. So when... I
2: like how literally I on zoom, I could literally just see me and Luke just smiling going, yeah, we'll, we'll just, we'll just step back on this one. <laughs> Let the big man step <laughs> up for a free kick.
3: <laughs> it's just, when, has when is Rube Patricio ever commanded his box in the two and a half years he's been here? That's my question to everyone. He doesn't, he never has done. So what's the problem? John Ruddy said in his interview, "When he's the uh, he's the the goalkeeper, he's never seen anyone else be on his line as much as he is. and because he's on his line, he said he he doesn't have to come and claim it because the defense deals with it. What's changed? They know how he plays, and he was uh, he was perfectly fine playing in exactly the same way when we finished seventh twice, but this season he ain't done anything different. He ain't, he ain't suddenly turned from Matt Murray into Stephen Posmer has he?" <laughs> It's not like it's not like a massive transformation. I mean, today was just. I mean, I've watched that again, and it's it's one of them things where if you were, say you're in, you in you put the fat kid in goal at school. The fat kid's probably going to say, "This is bringing yeah. back memories." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the fat kid in goal at school is probably going to save that because he won't go with his hands. He'll just put his big belly out, or he'll put his he'll try and go with his foot, and he'll save it that way. But you see, you look at the amount of. Goals that can conceded when it's right next to a keeper, right in that part under the armpit, because it's hard to get down to. Because that's just how you're trained. It's an it's an awkward situation. And it, it was really hard shot as well. I mean, he probably could have got something on him, but the speed it came at him, he wouldn't have saved it anyway. Even if he got something to it. I mean, you look, you got. I know me and Luke have had a lot of thing over this. But I mean, the, the amount of shots that straight at him, but when you actually look at it, he's probably made three errors in the last six months. Really, where there's shots that are, look straight at him, but three or four of them, he's wrong-footed, which you've got no chance. I mean, that just happens. But this happens to every keeper. It's like Ru Patricia has the next scapegoat now because Semedo's got a bit of form, so we can't we can't pick on him. <laughs> and so we we it's the typical Wolves way that we have to have, we always have to have someone, and it just seems a bit unfair. I mean, Dendonka, what the hell he's doing for that that goal? Who knows? But to single out Patricio, when... I mean, it'd be fine if we had a, a competent number two and you say, yeah, take him out the firing line. But we've got John Ruddy, for fuck's sake. Is that what you want? Do you watch, your watch your, watch
1: your rebuttal, <laughs> all
0: I'm not even...
1: I, I, whilst is on this podcast, I'm not even going to speak about Rui because <laughs> Rui could score 37 own goals in a game and <laughs> no, Stu would no. still defend him. If he was... <laughs> if
3: if he was at fault for anything, and he has been before in the past, and I've called him out on him, rightly so. But I honestly don't think he's done anything to warrant the kind of abuse that he's getting
1: from people like you. You know what? <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I, I don't even abuse Rui. I haven't abused him. I actually like him. And I think his handling is absolutely superb. All I merely did was to bring up something <laughs> in regards to, we seem to be conceding, a hell of a lot of goals. In relation to how many shots that the opposition are having, and I just brought it up. I never, even, I don't even think I mentioned Rui. I just mentioned it as a whole because the defense has to take some blame for that as well. And the way we set up the tactics, it's it's not just a goalkeeper issue when we're looking at conceding so many goals from a, a low amount of shots on target. But everyone's jumped on it like I hate Rui, and I, I want him on the <laughs> first bloody. British Airways flight like back to M- Madeira, but it's, its I just highlighted something that just came to my attention, and with this the is goal a... today oh, it's a difficult one because it is close to his body, but oh, we don't have to score, but if he, um, if he saw it late, and to be fair Eze got some right power behind it, and there are defenders in the way, so maybe to blame Rui on that goal today, is He's harsh. Yeah, I think
2: we'll- it's. I was going to say it's interesting that um, uh, the guy's tweeted it. I've completely blanked on his name. He's mentioned about him not claiming for crosses, which he's never done. He has. He he masters his six yard box. The rest of the penalty box is not of interest to Rui Patricio, is it? But how many goals have we actually like that goal today? Wasn't due to his commanding the box. How many goals do we actually concede? Where you just think? You know what, that would have been a damn sight easier if he'd have, you know, gone and tried to catch the ball eight, ten yards out and really try and make himself a presence in the box. We don't tend to do that. The only, I guess, to counteract that is, do we end up conceding more because Rui's so deep, the rest of the defence are so deep, which means the attacking team end up being further forward? And that's what I guess gives them more than expected shots on target or however you want to dress it up. I don't know. I'm. I'm it, it's an interesting one because I, I, he hasn't made like absolute clangers that have conceded to goals, but we tend to at the moment, you say every shot that's on target feels like it's going to go in. And, you know, there, there's 11 players on the pitch for Wolves. Don't get me wrong. I mean, today it, that move started from a throw in in their own half, yeah. basically. And, there was there was some good movement from Palace in terms of, and again it was it was training round stuff. Watch it back. They all knew what they were doing with a couple of triangle passes and got it out wide. It was really, really basic, you know, UA for B license stuff. But you, you add it that I think Podent started chasing like when it first throwing happened. He almost chased three different players and got near none of them because it was three on one. None of his other teammates supported him in that press. And then it's systematic, as I sort of said earlier, they're all off different ways. They don't, no one really knows, you know, should we be pressing? Should we be dropping deep? How are we actually going to win this ball back? How are we going to get, you know, when we get it, how are we going to get it back up the pitch? And, you know, the, the goal, it's just sort of a, you know, it's, again, it's one of them. And Donk was all over a shop for me. But I think I think he let him in
0: quite easy, didn't he? Donk, yeah, he let him in quite it,
2: easy. Bit systematic, isn't it, to how the team are playing? Yeah, and... and when,
3: yeah, go on. Like I said, when you when your captain doesn't know what he's doing and he's squaring up to people and he's completely off his head, then that don't well, throw, put everyone else oh, in that. Come in on, that's, confidence. Confidence. I that's
2: gonna say, harsh. I was going to say, well, Zaha's been an anyway, absolute really...
1: fool there. That Zaha's been an absolute idiot there. Like, why I'm, does Zahar... I'm, not bit, oh, I'm not on a
3: bit today. I'm on a bit. Like I was going to say, the last the last few weeks, like when he was subbed oh. and he had that. that I mean, there's a hard thing. He's just, that's just a hard being I hard. His general attitude and the way he's holding himself at the mini. I mean, I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago as well, that something's not right there.
2: I said, and, I said, didn't I, I think, um, yeah. post-Chorley game, that he is a reflect, you know, Cody is noon on the pitch. He is our leader on that pitch. And I find it fascinating at the moment that they are reflecting one another from their form and outlook, aren't they? That You know, we're, we're in bad form at the moment not not we can't you know we can't dress it up we're not in good form the last time i can remember Wools being in bad form was under lambert but you at least had and this is this is scraping the barrel i appreciate you had the likes of dave edwards and danny bart who you know were very uh, almost tub thumping you know i'm a leader i will be passionate about this and honestly if you said to me six weeks ago six months ago Walls going to have a dip in form who's going to be one of that pitch rallying that that team you'd say connor cody wouldn't you but he just doesn't seem to have that. Do I say drive at the moment, or that, you know, that I guess try to pull people up by their bootstraps and really, you know, raise his voice again? Because it just seems he seems to have gone quiet all of a sudden. Yeah,
1: when he- I I think that everyone's got that response. Not everybody, but it, it shouldn't just be rested on on Cody's Coldy, shoulders. Yes, okay, he's the captain. And he, he, he maybe he should lead by example, but there's ten other blokes on the pitch who can raise spirits and get the team going. You know, where's where's your experienced players like Matino? What's he doing?
2: Yeah, I think I think we've sort of Matino seems to just be a passenger at the moment. To say like he's our most experienced player, he needs to be a leader. You could argue the same as Patricio. You know. Let's be honest, that whole spine of the team's not 100% at the moment. And to be fair, I think, look, let's try and pick out positives from the game. But I thought Jose did well.
0: I was going to come on to that, to be fair. I was going to make it a bit of a shit sandwich. So we talked about a negative. Now, one of the positives f- from the game, and there wasn't obviously many to share today, was William Jose, who had two good chances. So, uh, Stuart, come to you, how, did, how did you feel he did? With, I know each two chances were saved, but he, he showed good positional sense, I thought.
3: No one else would have took that shot off. You know, he put Catrell and your silver in that position. That shot wouldn't have even been troubling the keeper whatsoever. I mean, if they'd even even turn to even attempt it is another thing. I thought it looked, it was a, a great little turn when he, he, he kind of grew into the game, which you kind of yeah. which you expect. Because I mean he, he came on against Chelsea and he was all, all fish air to water situation, which you kind of expect. But he grew into the game and you could see that he wanted it. And like in the first half when he was he was Taking making the wrong decision for the runs, and he he sorted that out really quickly. And in the second half, I said that the turning shot, and then to get his head where he did, he looks promising. But again, where's other than feeding off scraps like Jimenez used to, which is exactly what he's going to be doing now, where's his service coming from? That's mob, that's a big problem. Yeah, I
0: mean, he's not going to have the mobility of Jimenez to, to run around to run across the final third of the pitch as Jimenez does is he, he's going to be more of, a, probably more of a static striker I mean we haven't got much to gauge him on so far just one match and then 15 minutes going to Chelsea but it looks like once he gets up to speed and we'll say once we get the creativity for him you know hopefully he can be that bit of firepower to, to keep us going for the
1: rest of the season oh, we, I need to stay team. up <laughs> we, we certainly need it you know we need that foul couple point up there and he's a big old unit ain't he He's a lot bigger than what I thought. Um, he looked strong. Looks like he'll hold the ball up well. I think a few times today he brought the midfielders and the wingers into the, into play nicely. Um, it was a it, it was a decent it was a decent performance for him as an individual, considering how shit we was as a team. Um, but then I kind of feel sorry for him because he looked like the sort of sort of striker who's, who's going to feed off balls into the box and who's putting them in?
3: <laughs> really? One
1: thing that one thing that's, um, uh, d- just to
0: finish on on the game itself, one thing I thought was quite surprising was the fact that Neves never got off the bench
1: yeah. for the whole game. I don't know, I've seen her in front of Neves. What was all that about? Something's going on, mate, I'm telling you. Conspiracy theory club. <laughs> <laughs> it's hat time, let's get them on. Like, what, what, what are we thinking? I mean, Surely,
0: what what could possibly be a reason as to why they bring on Betinha for Neves? And we've said that Neves has been in better form. So, uh, what could possibly be the thinking behind that?
1: We're Keep sending Neves to, to Atletico to... Madrid for £45 million. You pound. You're getting, it, you getting it here first, <laughs> Honestly, if this makes a Sunday sport tomorrow. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sources Gib, Gib, say.
3: <laughs> Gibbs-White, a 10-year deal. Um, <laughs> in, uh, I think... Just bringing Vitina on, Vitina on was just desperation. Just because he scored a worldie at Chorley, thinking, "Oh, we've got someone, we've got someone to smash the ball from distance if we we got nothing else." And that's what that's probably what it
1: was. Because he it wanted worldy, <laughs> was it really? <laughs> Vittina, do, do you maybe. not think though?
3: He's a Lancashire um, worldie.
1: <laughs> with with Nuno's sort of not even his tactics, like his substitutions. There's no real sort of thought behind it. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Well, well you you Again, as we hopeful. said
0: before, did, did any of his subs help to change the game in their favour today?
1: That's that's Ray right. already caused him a few issues down the right. I think he did a lot more than what and did, so that was kind of positive. But he wasn't but he great. And he didn't even come on for and either. He put him, put him at wing-back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he comes on, he, he's putting him at wing-back. And you just think, Why? What? You know,
3: you look at the, like you said earlier, the, the, you look at the players who came on and what, who, who was supposed to be playing where. It was like, a, it was
1: school, it was like year nine football. I just, it's concerning because the first time I really noticed it was Albion and I remember sitting at home, I looked at the clock and there was about 72 minutes gone and I thought, we're not going to get back into this game because just looking at us, we We've got no shape, no identity. Like, What are we trying to achieve from this game? And today was exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So for it to be sort of like, it's becoming a common occurrence now. It's not like people can say, oh, well, the Albion game was just a one-off where we looked a bit lost. There's possibly more games throughout the season, which I've not thought about because it only came to my attention for the Albion game. But again, today, 15 minutes to go and you're thinking, "What's, what's the game plan to get the equaliser here?
3: Go and go back and watch the highlights of that Sheffield United game at the end of last season, and when the, the me and Jordan, the truth says, uh, called him out on it that day and got absolute dogs' abuse. And look at what look at the highlights from that game, and then look at today. There ain't much difference because it, it was clueless, and it's been clueless for a long time. And people have been kind of let's say blinkered, but almost. I think is the right
1: word. I really did.
3: just didn't want to see because he's a god. And obviously because of what he's done and what a nice person he is, but people don't want to see it. And I'll put put a rant on Facebook, which I very rarely do about football because what's the point? But um, the 2nd of January, uh, four weeks ago, and it's got worse since then. It's not getting better. And there's no signs it's going to even change at all, which I'm I'm um, going to get onto now.
0: Yeah, well, let's, I want to take a bit of a more broader view, general view in Wolves uh, as a whole, where, where well, that result kind of leaves us really so but before we do that just want to put in there a, have a, a quick break so we can uh, collect our thoughts and have a beer or drink and then um we'll go back in just a moment
2: hi richard here before you go back to hearing us dissect the latest Wolves news, some really shoehorn Simpsons references, a bit of nineties film action, of course a bit of wrestling. Um I just want to do a quick shout out for our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Now they've done a fantastic job on the Wolves fancast website, Wolves Fancom, please go check it out. But they're not just web designers, they're a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. There's basically nothing they can't do marketing wise. So make sure you check them out at pixelyetimedia.com and I'll let you get back to enjoying the show.
0: All right, welcome back to the FanCast and right now what I want to talk about, gents, is... Just Wolves in general, really, we've obviously been on this, this, this winless run now. So this leaves us, I think, eight league games without a win since the 2-1 win against Chelsea. One question I wanted to ask, I saw, I saw this on Twitter, I think a game or two ago. Now, if you remember, a lot of people used to, their like second teams, used to be Wolves because of the way we played. But that seems to have switched now. And the question being, have we become just a boring team to watch, have we just become have we, have we become dull? Have we lost our sparkle? I mean, no. Especially taking the last two, last two or three games into consideration, do you look forward to watching us play now, or has it become a bit of a chore or an obligation for us? I feel you know? like
2: I was going to say, it feels like we were boring probably towards the start of this season, end of last season, start of this season. I think um, I think a lot of people have said sort of from Tottenham last year. I feel that was. Almost that was sort of the last great performance we put in and really flexed what we could do. And since then, it's been quite robust, I guess, and almost football by numbers to try and get it. And that sort of developed into just becoming a poor team at this point um, without sounding super negative.
3: It's not negative, it's fact. I mean, the whole thing about all the the super fans, and I'm not going to mention them because I I know we've uh, interactions on Twitter with them now, but... Ever since the restart, and I'll we, we, fans are not there, it's not the same. Well, it's the same for fucking Man City, Man United, eh? I mean, they, <laughs> yeah, 19 of the in, a in charge of Man United, look where they are. <laughs> They're about 75,000 people cheering them on there. They managed to do okay. It's just bollocks. But they say it's been, it has been, I mean, that, that Spurs game was, it was probably one of the top 10 you know, moments. I don't, I don't know why it won in that video because it was a great day um, and it was a good performance. But we haven't been the same. We haven't been the same without our fans. And there's been more than enough time to sort that out. And if that's their mindset, that they need people to cheer them to get them to G up, then that's a management problem. And I've had more fun this week watching a five-part drama about AIDS than I have (laughs) (laughs) watching. That's that's um, It's a sin on Channel 4.
2: I was going to say, give it a plug. It
3: is is genuinely really good. But that's, that's what it's come to. It was more fucking enjoyable watching people die than watching Walls <laughs> this
1: season. It's just good. Are <laughs> I mean, oh, you saying AIDS, AIDS is better than again.
3: Walls at the minute? Well, at least, at least you can live with AIDS then. You can't live with this <laughs> anymore. <laughs> <laughs> at
2: least no, we've got, we got Pedro Neto.
3: Yeah, exactly. AIDS, honestly, AIDS, honestly,
2: honestly, Pedro Neto is like... The only thing keeping me going with Wolves at the moment, and and Pardence when he comes back, to be fair, um, like when he gets back to full fitness, but I, even against Chelsea, and like I think after like ten minutes, we all knew what kind of game it needed to be. But whenever Pe- Neto got the ball, it gave me like a little bit of, I don't know, a little bit of excitement, which it is what is kind of holding me on. I'm just waiting for him to really drop off a cliff form-wise. Now we get injured though. And yeah, that's, get that, soon. that's the mindset because it, you know it's just all a bit uh, doom and gloom at the moment for us. But yeah, he is by far and away like, going to be playing for season surely, and you know he, he's just like, that that ray of sunshine on a cloudy day for me.
3: I think the I'll two look, the, the, uh, the two performances oh, I enjoyed most the last I don't know four months is Man United even though we lost and Chelsea because it's the, the way we used to be. So looking back at the good old days. But we um, had a
2: plan. We played. We played yes. with a plan, and, and, and on a different day, argue. You know, maybe if we signed uh, Will and Jose a week or two earlier, like we should have done as soon as the transfer window opened, do you reckon we'd have won that game?
3: Probably, but that's what, I mean, you stole the words straight from my mouth. But we had a plan, and we knew what we were doing, and it, it, it was it was nostalgic in a way. It was nice, and then you get to that fucking shit show today, and. When we're gonna move on to talk about Arsenal, I mean, it's five ten minutes, or fifteen, depends. Um, can you honestly say what well, oh this is how we're gonna approach the game? Because I've got no fucking clue. You don't you don't
1: no know idea. what's coming from one game to the next. Really don't know. Um, it's it's a mess, but it's it's a concerning mess. You know when we got not relegated from, <laughs> You know when we got relegated from the championship, it feels yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, and people is. are saying, Wolves are too good to go down there. Wolves are too good to go. Fucking And um, When we was in the championship, even I was saying in the championship, we're too good to go down. We will go down. I refuse to believe it. But now, I am looking over my shoulder. And this isn't me thinking, I want to say it again, that Wolves are bigger than the Beatles, because I don't believe that <laughs> at all. But with the resources that we have, the wages that we're spending, the transfer fees that we're spending, we should not be in a relegation battle. And it's as simple as that. And if there's any fans out there that believe that we're not in a relegation battle, then you need to give your head head a little bit of a wobble because we're sleepwalking into one at the minute. Or oh, rock and bottom and of the form league and no winning Exactly. Rock bottom of the form yeah. league. We've got Arsenal, Leicester, Southampton, Leeds and Newcastle as the next five um, Premier League games. Five From, points. I think twenty seventh of February is the Newcastle game. We could be coming into March. Two or three points off the relegation zone.
3: Into in two weeks' time. Well, no, by the end by the end of next week. Well, yeah, but one of by the end of next week we could be
1: seventeenth. And please, now, in my opinion, that's not good enough. We well, should not even. We should not, really like not, like sure.
3: <laughs> not even. We should be in the top half of the table. I mean, when, when, we, when we we said this at the start of the season, I, where would you settle for? And I said top half. I don't expect Europe, especially after the run that we went on. But you can't keep saying, "Oh, we will be all tired." Well, if everyone's tired, but well, why haven't we got no more players? And there's <laughs> anyone? There's any? That's not their fault.
1: It's and managers. That, do you not think that's a concern that we knew Raúl Jiménez wasn't yeah. going to play for a very long time? The end of November, 29th of November, he got injured. And 10th. we only signed a striker two or three days ago. When the, the window opened what, 25 days before we signed William Jose Come on. The window opened four concerning. weeks ago. It, it took it took us pretty much four weeks to sign a striker, even though we knew well in advance we need a fucking striker. Yeah, and remember, and remember. poor management.
3: Remember, we've got a 5,000-player database as well of players for two, three years down the line. We keep getting told of under Earth, well, the glory days.
1: Yeah, because I'm probably all fucking 15. That's why we can't sign them <laughs>
0: It's in New York now, that is. <laughs> well, one one thing that um, I've I've heard I've seen mentioned, and it, it annoys me a little bit, I want to get your guys' thoughts on it. When people say um, it's the fact that our players... Can't see their families, which might be affecting them.
2: <laughs> oh, don't get me started. And I'm like, I'm like,
0: I've, I've, I saw that today, and I thought, "Sorry, that that just doesn't that doesn't cut it with me." What makes their players any different from any other foreign player in the league that can't see their family right now? I just, I saw it. I just thought that's a cop
1: out. That is a cop out. Experience. If anything, it it should be easy for our players because they've got a nice little Portuguese clique. It's exactly. not like you you're, you're the lone Russian at I don't know West Ham. That would be a bit different because, as silly as it sounds, you might not integrate with the squad as as well. You might be a bit of an outcast. Obviously, you haven't got family, friends, and family around you, and you're in a foreign country. These oh, these guys. How many Portuguese players are in our squad? Nine, ten. nine, ten. You've got a nice little click there, which makes it feel like a home from home. So I'm sorry, but that is an absolutely shit excuse. That's probably the worst excuse I've heard. Yeah, I mean, I've
3: been I've been in this house since fifth, sixth of November when we, when I was furloughed for the second time, and I'd love to not see my family every day. It'd be great, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not going to hear moaning, moaning a bit. Oh, I can't do my, I can't get up in the morning. It's it's the same thing when I said earlier, it's people trying to find excuses because they don't want to accept the truth. Yeah, That's all thousand it is. percent.
2: It's, 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 for me, it's, it's as my dad always used to tell me, is it an excuse or a reason? And it is... But, There's and a title. I, and I, no, I've got a list, don't worry. <laughs> and weirdly, <laughs> weirdly, it's it, it, what AIDS is better than Wolves hasn't made a short list. <laughs> 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 but no, it, for me, it's, yeah, the, the whole... Mm, almost it, it, it it's almost touching on well but they're struggling mentally because of their families not being there and i think it you know it it is a, a cop out and it probably be does a huge disservice for the people who are i guess suffering from mental illness and you know look everyone's in the same position regardless of your profession regardless of how much you earn you know lots of us haven't seen our families in, in weeks and months, um, uh, you know, for a lot large parts of last year, and you know, it's not a money thing for me, but I say like, it's the same for every other professional footballer, it's, right, the, exactly, it's exactly. the same you, for you, every you, other manager. It's, only, as Stu said, it is a excuse because that like, you don't want to actually admit that Nuno is struggling as a uh, in his profession at the moment. But
1: and the back- people who are using that excuse about not being able to see their families get their details. And go to the COVID police because <laughs> I actually, I my mum for, for ages, so I ain't seen my family. So it's not just these Portuguese footballers that aren't seeing the family. If you're actually going by the correct COVID guidelines, none of us are seeing our families. Yeah. So, what's the so go on now? Expand on that excuse
2: again. It wasn't an issue, it wasn't an issue after project restart when we were doing okay, mm.
1: exactly. Again,
2: same with Patricio, same with a lot of this. It's never an issue until you're losing. Nuno's family, I don't, I, I'm right in thinking that a lot of the, um, I guess, the coaching staff, all of their family is still out in uh, Portugal. And again, exactly. that wasn't an issue when we were winning the championship. It, and don't get me wrong, I know they all kind of semi lived together and all of this kind of thing. But again, as I say, wasn't an issue during the good times. And I don't think we'd be saying this was an issue, even if we, you know, I, I don't know. Let's say if we we're tenth, and we would just win one, lose one, or whatever it it was, and we are just inconsistent as opposed to just being in poor form. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's just all it's all one of those things. It gets swept under the carpet when you're getting the results. At the end of the day, if you don't get the results, then that's when the excuses start coming out, or you know, people start looking for them. So I just
1: I just think some fans are scared to admit that Nuno is underperforming and wishes. Mm.
3: It's because it's, it's the first time,
0: it. and it's the first time that he's had this prolonged spell. I mean, let, let's, let's be honest. I mean, he's, he's had such sort of short spells before. in his sort of a couple of years where we didn't get a few results that we, we didn't, you know, that, that weren't weren't going for us. But this time is a bit different because we can see there's no way out at the moment. So this is the first time under his tenure that things are really going shit and they're really going south. And some people, yeah, people just don't want to. Believe that, like you say, he's he's struggling, and it's it's clear to see that he's struggling at the moment. So, to round this bit off, I just have one last question for you all: Nuno out? Question mark.
3: The only thing, um, even I don't want, even though I've been banging this this kind of, I say banging the drum because I've kind of been like tapping on the side of it like a little mouse, um. Because I don't, I don't want him to, obviously, I don't want him to go because he's he's a lovely man and he's a legend and everything. But if he's going to get us relegated, then he has to go because, of course, he does. But the only problem is the the other question there, do you trust anyone in charge in the board to appoint anyone competent? Because at the minute, if it's Scott, Scott
2: Sellers till the end of the season.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's, there's Scott Sellers and that's all that we know. And we we know that he's been promoted internally as per usual. Though they always do things, but I mean, we we saw that the whole Zenga thing at the start, and then Lambert, and then we we dropped lucky with Nuno. There's nothing to say that we drop lucky again, and I know it's getting to the stage there where it literally can't be any worse, and we might as well disappoint Dr. Venglos who died last week, and that's that's so, everybody. I mean. For me, at the minute, I still would say no, just because I don't trust them to appoint anyone else. But it's getting to the stage where when do you, when is too late, and it was too late, and it was too late. With McCarthy, McCarthy should have gone after Swansea, Elming on the October, at the latest, and we look what happened after that, and you can say history repeats itself for the third time, but you look at that next. Runner results and what do you say? Do we give him till twenty-five games in? I mean, know, many games are we on now twenty something like that. Mm. Um, Victors are getting any easier. Exactly. I mean, when 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 he's cut-off point because you, I mean, you say oh another five games. See if we if we ain't won for what will then be what? I don't know. Basic maths is eluding me. So if oh, we ain't lost, if we if we ain't won a game in twelve and thirteen, that's like over. A, Third of the season, season, not winning a game. Then he's got to fuck off. Simple as that. If he gets to that stage and then you can't still then say that, but then that's my only concern. (laughs) Excuse saying, thanks for donation,
0: Nuno, now fuck off. Well, that's what I mean. (laughs) mean.
3: But I knew this, as soon as that happened, my my mate Boothie texted me saying, this is a bit of a convenient time. And I said, yeah, even from a cynical outsider's point of view, you look at things, oh, Nuno's done this. Then fine, but there's a, a, a world of difference being a, a a good Samaritan and doing that and doing your job properly. And if you can't do your job properly, then just go and feed the homeless for for the rest of the year. It's as simple as that. I mean, I'd give him a, I'd, I'd give him February if we still if we're still in contention. And it, but if we don't win a, an, another game in February, then surely that's the end.
1: It has to be. I think Fulton need to come out and and start talking. And let us know sort of what they're thinking what their plans are are they happy are they not if they were to say it, we're back in Nuno until the end of the season regardless then I think it would stop a lot of the arguing between fans mm. and I think all the fans would then jump on board and say look Fulton are backing this guy so Dave from Bilston Luke from Wentfield, Gary from Gornall shut up it don't matter what you say. This guy's staying, so i back him. And as much as I'm annoyed with Nuno at the minute, I'll just, I'll just, if, 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 if he got sacked tomorrow, I would be gutted because I would prefer that Nuno does brilliant things for us. He has a stand named after him, a statue, because he's done so well. But we're in a position now where something has to change because let's just talk hypothetically. We can keep Nuno, and he we get relegated. What's the Sayed? do fuck off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he probably would. I think he would. Do you, do well, you think he wants another season in the Championship?
3: Exactly. We, we've done. We. I mean, I've done my service in that league. There's no excuse to being in there anymore. They can forget that. No more. No more. i <laughs> I'm trying to what he said the other day. I think he's 19 out of 26 years watching Championship football. I thought, well, that's, that's gone forever now, thank
1: God. I mean, it cost me a hair. With, be anything else. with the resources that we've got now, we shouldn't even be entertaining the Championship anymore. And I'm sorry if it makes it sound like we think Wolves are getting above their station, but that is the reality of it. We, Rich, what do we've you think? More...
0: I'm so sorry. sorry. Just to uh, to round this section off, what do you think? Rich, what's your views on if he stays or goes?
2: Yeah. Um... Personally, I think at least it's got to be a very heavy review at the end of the season, at, at bare minimum. I guess, kind of touching on to what um, Luke said primarily, was that the whole club doesn't seem to be acting to a plan. There was this big idea of a project, and I guess we're at a point where there's almost a level of crisis management, and they, don't, they haven't seemed to know how to react to having to alter the plan because it's not on its current course and for me you know over the last couple of years basically you know from the top down there has been a a path of this is what we're going to do this is what we want to achieve and this is how we're going to achieve it and that just seems to have gone really wayward in the last six months or so and It then makes me then doubt, well, hang on, if they did just turn around and say we're parting way," you know, when we see the uh, club announcement and a shot off a corner flag. And for for me, whenever you get rid of a manager, it's the, well, who are you going to bring in? And at the moment, you know, I've still got a decent amount of faith in Nuno, but I've got less faith in the board at the moment to pick a successful successor. And I think that's a real sticking point for me, especially as we all saw what happened with McCarthy, is when you sack somebody just after the transfer window closes because he then doesn't have any opportunity to bring in any extra players, which, again, is looping back to an issue with the board, that we don't have enough kind of strength and quality and depth. So, you know, for for me, there needs to be a big review at the end of the season um, and just, in a way, not hope that there's three teams worse than us, but put as much in as we can do to address it you know frankly if I was if I was Jeff aboard, whoever I'd have called a meeting with Nuno after the game today and sort of said look what needs to happen to change this just just say it like you know just very very open do we need more players what needs to happen <laughs> Uh, as Stu shows a photo of the Wolves' corner flag. but it's well, the, flag, always...
0: the, the corner flag of doom.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <comes out. laughs>
0: well, that, well, that, well, that brings us on quite nicely then to um, a section on the transfer window, really, because there's not long left, really, of, of, of this winter transfer window. It closes at 11 o'clock on the 1st of Feb. Um And we know we broke a dry January of signings by signing William Jose. But do we really think that's going to be a surprise sprung in the next 48 hours for bringing someone in as a window slams shut, as they say, uh, on Sky Sports. And if, if, we would, if we were to sign anyone, where, where would it be? I mean, we'll, we'll address the rumour mill that there were some nefarious reasons around Sace's admittance from the squad today. And there are some rumours that have appeared in Merseyside-based newspapers that Sais could be a target for Liverpool. Um, and weirdly, that we could be getting Rigi the other way, which um, I don't know. I'm not, now we've got uh, William Jose. Is that is that a desired signing or should we be looking elsewhere? We always bemoan a lack of creativity. So surely we'll be looking for a strength in depth in, in defence or sorry, in, in midfield. Or is it defence where we should be looking at? Or do you even think we'll get anyone at all? What do you reckon, Stu?
3: We'll sign someone for the academy. That ain't happened, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and for of course. that, so, I, mean, I, saw a, I saw a kid for the, um, the under 18s with the the mental long name, like with um, like Kepper beating in goal for us today. I thought, oh, that, that's that's missed that one. <laughs> um, but I don't expect anything. But then again, we, we didn't expect William Jose. Then that one came from nowhere. I Not mean, ideally. In an ideal world, we'd sign a decent defender who can play in the back four. And a, a central midfielder who can pass and shoot and score—that that's two players. Will we get any of them? Probably not. But that's—you I mean, look at the team. That's really all we need. And a, a kind of take the shackles off a bit, which we've been calling for for over twelve months. Just take the shackles off, just a tiny bit, just a little bit, not too much, <laughs> but just. I mean, but that, that, boy, we've got he Doesn't play. I mean, I'd rather play Vatiniya and Neves together. Just try, just give it a go. It might not work. It might fail, but it might fail fail completely, but at least we've had a go. And at least least it's not Neves and Matinho or Dendonka missing his 17,000th chance of the season. Just give someone else a go if we're not going to sign anyone. But that's your question, will we? No, I don't think so.
2: Go on,
1: Luke. I don't think we'll sign anyone. I think Stu covered it perfectly. There's not yeah. really much <laughs> That's um, why I
2: went to you, mate, because I've got to fucking
1: He's <laughs> highlighted what I think every Wolves fan knows. Need highlighting and where we need to strengthen. Um, and he's highlighted that we're not going to sign anyone because we all know we're not going to sign anyone else. We never do sign anyone in January. Well, very rarely. Um, it's it's frustrating, and. I don't know, it concerns me, man. Like Foulton at the minute and what's going on at a level above. No, no, it's, it does concern me slightly, I'm not going to lie. Well, as ever, um, could any of the uh,
0: quote-unquote solutions lie within the squads? Because uh, uh, the x Casting Hoops has tweeted to say that if solutions are within the squad, then could we just put uh, Donk back in defence and then just take Cody out altogether?
2: Or play sais in back three in, in the middle, which he did a good job in, in from my opinion. Um
0: has gone; he's dead to us now. Oh, I was going to say, oh, <laughs> sorry, he, he, he's he's joined uh, Diogo
2: Joss in the dead to me pile, hasn't he? Um, I mean, there, there, there's definitely potential. I, I I say it every time I think I'm on with with that no one quite knows what sort of player he is, whether he should be playing at the back or in this this midfield role because he gets himself in the right positions, but he isn't a finisher which is kind of a bit of an issue. Um, a- again, it's, as sort of Stu said, and I kind of sort of started the show by saying that we are either short, a decent quality centre-back or a short, a decent quality midfielder. And, you know, those are the two positions that we need to strengthen. Um, for me, it's almost a toss of a coin which one I'd, I'd go for. Um, I I'd Personally... I don't know, actually, now I've said that out loud. I, I've, I felt like I was giving <laughs> up to give you a really assertive answer. I'd probably, if, say, stats, I'd probably go for a midfielder because we know what we're doing. Enough the first player's not, what they're doing with a back three. Um, you know, just on, I guess it's harking back, but almost like an Alfred and Dyson who's got such, a, you know, who can kind of get everywhere around on that pitch and really kind of stretch the team going forwards. And I feel like so, we're, we're missing that dynamism for me.
1: You no, know we missed out on. Jefferson. And, um, Lama. When Yan Yan Wan Yama left Tottenham. Yeah. He was crying out if, for
2: he, him. if he's if he still have legs, I think he'd be perfect. Um we'll, j- just we'll it's, almost like, it's almost that it's almost that upgrade on Dendon Quinnow for for me. Um or or someone you can kind of complement it just get a bit better going forwards. I guess.
0: Is creativity not the issue? I think we've agreed that haven't we? So I mean we have we've got we have got creative players on the pitch, like in the in the likes of Traore, Neto, Pedence. But
3: is it just there's that... nothing through the middle.
0: Well, yeah, this is what I'm saying. We need someone to, to to start it off, essentially. I mean, do is it a wider point? Do we have the
1: creative players, but Nuno's just not getting the best out of them? I well, yeah, but... think he's getting the best out of Neves. No. I think there's a hell of a lot more to Neves' game than what Nuno's allowing him to do.
3: Well, we've the the Everton game last season when Neves played further forward. The only time he's done it in the Premier League that I can think of, and he was incredible that day. When Den Donker was the the um, the holding midfielder for a change, Neves was, it,
1: was brilliant. Um, was was the Everton game that through ball to yeah. Jota? Yeah, oh, yeah, fantastic. And, and we're missing that. Um, I can't really remember a player that was so sort of intelligent in the middle of the park. In terms of playing a through ball, into Milias really,
2: mm.
1: when was it? You know, and I think if we're really missing somebody who can pick a, a pass to break the lines centrally, I can't. How often do we do it, really? I, mean, I, you I could really can't with, think. You could
3: even do it, you could even just throw it out there, I mean, you could even put. Dendon, well, we we've tried Dendonka, Dendonka Cody, and Bolly uh, before, and it never worked. But if you enter into a back four of Dendonka and Bolly, and then have Ottazoe, Neves, and Vitinia, just just a, a, some something like that in midfield, there's your creativity, there's your holding players, and then you've got some people who can pass the ball at the back still and who can tackle. Yeah. Maybe that's if the solutions are within. Like, oh, it still it makes me sad that Hoops is not here anymore. and He's a former fan casting, but um, if the, the solutions are within, then try something like that. What
1: what we got to lose? We'll lose anyway. Like we said, he he, he, he says the solutions are, we well, He's not really trying any other <laughs> solutions. Is he? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's the same solutions over and over again. Like um, Corbinet, for example, uh, Shabani. I, I mean, I from the the little bits I've seen of them. The look, I, mean, I know they're not what we've just been discussing, but if Pedence or Traore, for example, are out of form, give them a chance.
2: Them a draw, chance. Honestly, if Traore was out injured and, I know, Pedence was suspended, he would hmm. rather play Dendonka right wing than yeah. give, um, you know, Theo a chance. Yeah. Well,
1: he, he did it the other week and he put at right at uh, right midfield, didn't yeah. he?
2: Yeah, yeah. Hmm.
1: I, I feel like there was, that, that, um, that's
2: telling because that, they fill the bench, so it's like, well, if they're, they're on the bench, then there's a chance they might play.
0: Yeah, I noticed there was. Is um, it Hugo Breno? Breno was on the, yeah. the bench today, which was a bit of a kinder surprise, wasn't
2: it? <laughs> <laughs> how long have you? How long have you had that lined up in your notes, Adam?
0: About one hour and twenty
2: minutes. <laughs> yeah, sounds, like, sounds about right. And look, look, we still haven't seen anything from good old Nigel Longwick either. And look, I keep making these jokes on Twitter, good old Nigel. And you know, I know he's not a forty-year-old bloke who owns a pressure washer. I appreciate it, <laughs> but I need to see him play because otherwise, it, it, the the jokes are just going to keep mounting up.
3: I'm, I'm need, I'm got I'm so I've got a pressure washer. I'm nearly forty. So I've got a pressure washer, and I, I, I'm not even thirty.
1: But you say that, but...
2: <laughs> yeah, as I wear my fleece again. <laughs>
1: So what we'll do is we'll sign another striker. He'll probably start two games, come off the bench in four games, score one goal, and that'll be it. (laughs) So
0: let's, I'd say, now we put the world's to rights on that. Let's look ahead, then, if if we must, to our next game, which is against Arsenal.
1: Yeah, we'll um, lose. Come on, next topic. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's but will it. we lose Bank one? Then we'll later. lose three too. That's all we need to discuss.
0: Well, I mean, when we last when we last played Arsenal, obviously at the end of November, that was when um, Jimenez suffered his head injury, and thankfully he is back in the, the gym and training in some capacity now. Uh, we won two one then, but how do we how do we see going there? Because Arsenal a bit of a strange team, really. I mean, it wasn't so long ago that. Roy Keane was making those jibes and comments about them being too good to go down, which ironically now we're saying about ourselves. But they now find themselves above us and they're actually one of the form teams in the league now, to be honest. I mean, I know Aubameyang's not uh, troubling the scoring charts too much this year, but they've dipped into the January market. They've just signed Martineau o- Martin de Garde on loan from Real Madrid, a bit of a football manager Legends, I think. He, I don't know if he's a bit of a modern-day Freddie Adu, Martin Odegaard, but how do we see this one going? Because at the minute, it's uh, top of the form guide against rock bottom of the form guide, so I mean, do we only see it going one way?
2: You know what? Fuck it. Wolves win. <laughs> I don't know, look, Oof. We, Oof. We, know, we know what Wolves are like, and uh, <laughs> I always sort of seem to back him anyway, so I always think there's a off- Chance that we might actually somehow do something. Um, I don't know. I think it is none. We don't know how we're going to line up. We'll we'll do our what do we think the lineup is going to be, and we'll all give you three different (laughs) answers, I think. Um, because none of us quite know what we'll do, but I don't know. There there, there were were a couple of positives from almost if we can take the positives from Chelsea in terms of how we were defensively and. Just supply Jose with a few more chances. I don't think Arsenal will be all and end all in this division. They've got some good players, but not a great team. Um, and they are susceptible on their day. So, I guess just hopefully in the next sort of 48, 72 hours, they can remember what they used to be.
3: I think because, because it was such a shambles today that it'll be yet another back to basics. And for that reason, I think we... <laughs> This is ridiculous. This podcast is the walls life in general, is because I know exactly what you mean. And if we are actually organised for a change, we've got every chance. But how shit we are at the minute, we've got every chance of being steamrolled of like three or four again. But we, I mean, what was, was it three one last season when they beat us, and we were, we were terrible that day as
1: well. Yeah, yeah, I, that cost us Europe really effectively. Yeah, I, I can see that. I
3: can easily see that happening
1: but I mean, if 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 we're gonna get turned over at home heavily, oh, I'd have want to think about it because just more and more questions will need to be asked then, them, won't they?
3: Well, just put just just put this out again and just edit a few different player names in.
1: That's all we're <laughs> gonna to have to do. So it'll
3: be, if we we'll, if we get smashed again, it'll be exactly the same, with the same with the same questions with no answers, and then he'll come up with the same old bollocks. Solutions are within. No, they're not. <clears throat>
0: solutions are anywhere but,
3: <laughs> but
0: within the moment. I mean it, it's a, it's a, it is a bit of um a, a, a few weeks ago I would have been more than confident about um playing Arsenal and I probably when it comes to the game so i probably will just say yeah like 1-0 Wolves win or something like that same as rich but at the minute as we've said you know it's, it's you struggle to see where not just the next win is going to be but the next good performance because that's that's what we need to start off with really We're, when are we actually going to start putting a good performance? We all banked on Chorley being a good performance, and look, 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 of a, look, look! What a nightmare game that was, even though we won it. So, I don't know. For me, I, I, they've got they've got quite a few danger players in their team. Lacazette seems to have um, found form, found form in his shooting boots. Um, they seem like what they're getting their act together a bit now, Arsenal. Which I don't know. I don't think it bodes well for us. I just I struggle to see. I don't know, at the minute, it's just, it's bad for the minute. Not, not, not any of us can see where the next point is going to come from. And I think it's going to be a really, really tough game. Line-up-wise, I'd like to get your thoughts on that as who you drop, who you play. Uh, Rich, what, what do you reckon? Who's who's in the chop for you and who, who's, going to, who's
2: coming in? So, I'd keep Patricio. I'm, I don't see why, he, you know, I feel like it's, you know, stop putting him really would be a big mistake issue i'd still probably keep whoever hoover whoever on the right and smade on the left um keep the back free um are we assuming say has just gone to liverpool at this point or is just mia we'll go. We'll just say mia it's going to be easier yeah. so again i'd probably keep the back free because i can't quite see see us going you know well let's put den in there instead of kilman or even cody and sort of mixing up which is what I'd potentially do, I'd have Dendonka and Nevis in the middle, Um Trail Ray one side, Neto the other, and um, Jose up front. And as I say, keep keep it as simple as that, really.
3: I'd, I'd go exactly the same, but I'd put for Dendoncker, just just for Dendonka, just, just yeah, for, some could, difference. Just I'd for, I'd for t- a bit of physical presence, which is what Dendonka's supposed to be doing, but he's not doing anything. It funny, it's, it's funny
0: you mention that because Colin, Colin Beer tweeted in to say um, the, the more serious point was, shouldn't Seri be starting over Dendonka given his dreadful performances in the last few games? And that was uh, swiftly endorsed by our friend Football Neophytes.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I wonder why. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, on, a, on a serious point, yeah, I mean, he's, there, there's something not quite right there with him. and um, It's always been Dendonka plus one. But this whole thing of him, the amount of chances he is missing all the time, it's got to weigh down on you something. It's got to get on your back sometimes and your confidence and everything. So just just give him a rest. Everyone else has had a rest. And I don't know, it's it's really good <laughs> <scuttuous laughs> things to say. Uh, but yeah, the, the, just, for, just for argument's sake, that's what I'd do as well. i put put Traore, Neto, Jose up front, keep the back five, and then just put. Neves and Ottazoe in the middle, just for something different, because we need something. <laughs> <laughs> Luke,
0: Luke, what's your
1: thoughts on the team before I do a round robin on predictions? Uh, I'm just going to completely mix it up 4 2 3 1. Bolly and Dendonka in the middle. Herver on the right. Somedo on the left. Ottazoe and Neves in midfield. Traore, Neto on the wings. Pedence as a 10 and Willie up front on his own. Ringing the changes. With zero service.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I like it. It's very attacking. I mean, we'll probably be losing 3-2 then. Well, you no, know you know if we're going to lose?
1: If we're going to lose and we're going to be shit, I'd rather lose and be shit but have a go and go down swinging. Yeah. Rather than just rolling over having a belly tickled and just I thought you were gonna say arsehole tickled then. <laughs> <laughs> no arsehole today. <laughs> but I would I would if we're gonna be cheating we're gonna lose every week, I'd rather lose with a bill of bloody with someone about us. So what's your score prediction then? Luke, as you as you're on, what's your what's your prediction as you gonna go? I think if we play the formation and the players that I've just mentioned, I'm gonna say four one wolves. <laughs> <laughs> I like it you went
0: from before when you were last on, you said 2 nil surely, and then you've gone four for one arse. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, what do you reckon? So, if we're organised, we could snatch it one, one nil, I suppose, but I really can't see it to be honest. I think another 3 0 defeat, some, something like a, a not a comprehensive smashing like West Ham, just be just beaten and like really like toying with us, just oh. pissing us off
1: even more. Oh, they're the worst <laughs> ones. They are, That's, yeah. Uh, when it, if there was fans there, all you'd hear is we. Yeah, exactly. Way. No, it can't be. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think. No. no I don't no, no, That it can't happen. <laughs> <laughs> if we put in that sort of performance. I don't think he could stay. Especially
2: so I mean, I backed. Thoughts? Just, I mean, I backed us to win about five minutes ago, didn't I? So um, <laughs> now, I'll you know what? I'll be a plucky optimist and go for one nil wolves. Excellent. Play footballing I footballing as well.
0: I think I think we'll also spring a surprise. I've got no evidence to back this up, but I think we'll spring a surprise. We we'll just. We'll sneak a 1-0. Um, I'm just going to uh, close off the pod with just a couple of um, random questions that we've had on the uh, on the old Twitter feed. Um, Vinnie WWFC says, who would win a game of Tiddlywinks, Roy Hodgson or Roy Cropper?
3: <laughs> 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 well, bro- Roy Cropper's the... got more in his bag. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to go, go for the Cropster.
2: Yeah.
3: Cropster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh finally um this is a question this is directed at rich and rich oh, only okay. this is a, a question from um our american friend todd todd Wit yes hello todd he, he just says does rich only eat kfc
2: of, that, that tweet wasn't me i feel like i need to <laughs> uh, I need to uh, put that out there now i think that was jordan was covering the game today um what did i have what did i have for i can't even remember what i had for my half-time snack today. i think i had crisps today i didn't do a um my my half-time snack club today because it was feeling very uninspired so no if i could just eat kfc i would um but unfortunately
3: not nothing's
1: stopping you um Apart from
3: maybe a heart
1: attack yeah, <laughs> heart, heart attack
2: and my own level of financial irresponsibility <laughs>
0: <laughs> he'd be dead he? well it'd be a better way to go than AIDS I suppose but there you go <laughs> and uh, we do actually
2: have a title by the end of this show <laughs>
0: <laughs> and on that, on that cheery note I think we'll call, we'll call it to a, a close there now so uh, my thanks to Rich, Luke and Stu hopefully things get better eh guys we'll catch you later
3: Kentucky Fried Cooking